Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. I'm Tony Haggerty at a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle, as you can see. And I'm joined today by Aidan McDonald at Aidan C. McDonald Twitter handle. You know that off by heart by now. And if you don't, you should. Young Aidan, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, Tony. How are you? Yes, I'm, I'm well, I'm well. It's Tuesday, March the 7th. Bit cold, nice and dry, but... I believe we're getting snow at some point, Aidan. There you go. Lovely. Lovely. Right on. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about the leather belts, the fuzzy felts, the Marjorie Proops, permanent one from three, any second now. But first and foremost, we'll do the housekeeping as we always do, as I always urge you every morning. We thank everybody for subscribing to the Celtic Way. But if you wanted to be a new subscriber, here's what you do. Click a button. It'll cost you £2 for two months for unlimited access to everything that's written on the website and you'll be subscribing to the Celtic Way website and supporting top quality football journalism covering the cover you love and it's for a click of a button and that's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe that's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe you can see it running along the ticker tape at the bottom and as I say we thank everybody that's already done that and we also say thank you to our new sponsors Seneca, and as everybody knows, the Celtic Way Morning Briefing is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group. And Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe, and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Now, Aidan, you were absent yesterday, so I wanted to come to you first and foremost and get your thoughts on Celtic's 5-1 victory in Paisley. Uh, against 10 man St Mern, who had Charles Dunn sent off. They took the lead with a Marco Hara penalty, 1-0 half-time, but Celtic hit them with a five-goal blitz. Second half, could have had a penalty of their own with Kyogo in the incident with Charles Dunn. But what was your overall thoughts, Aidan? Were you impressed with Celtic, the way they came back into that one? Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. The second half performance was phenomenal. I mean, I understand they were playing against 10 men, but as we know, that can almost be harder sometimes particularly when the team you're coming up against had something to defend, Tony. And let's be honest, until Celtic scored or until Charles Dunn got sent off, I should say St Martin were actually playing really well in terms of a defensive shape. Do you know what I mean? Celtic couldn't really break them down. So, yeah, the fact they ended 5-1, I was very impressed. Some of the finishes, uh, I know you and Sean sort of listed individuals yesterday, so I don't want to go into that too much. But, you know, it was great to see Alistair Johnson get his first goal. I also thought I had a really, really strong game. Eliel Abada off the bench, sort of showing again why he should be sort of chopping, chomping at the bit, I should say, to get a starting place because he, he's been phenomenal, uh, really, when he's been coming off the bench recently. His sort of application, what he's been given has been sensational. So, yeah, that was sort of two that stood out to me. It was good to see Matt O'Reilly get another goal as well because I know he hasn't scored a lot this season. But overall, uh, it was positive, particularly given the first half, which probably like a lot of people, I wasn't, you know, really, really frustrated with it because I did think you know this team anytime they've had the back against the wall domestically they usually do come out and provide something the exception really being the Ellis St Martin game this season so I was hoping that uh, they would they would come out and put a performance in the second half and that's exactly what they did thankfully don't tell lies Aidan you were getting the, buying into the hoodoo with the grey strip and won that half time and then I had a penalty when Kyogo went down and you were thinking oh no like quite a lot of them were on Twitter and social media. No, I agree. I, I thought Celtic were very clinical and professional, but lots of people say the sending off changed the game. I, I beg to differ. I think the introduction of Real Abada 
And ironically enough, I thought Celtic could have substituted either of their wingers or both. Yeah, yeah. At halftime, Jota and Maida. I thought for Haksabanovic and Abada. But uh, as it turns out, Jota gets the most important goal that, that started the, the comeback. You hear a phrase for it in Spanish, which I can't remember it off my head, but it's on the it's on the website today in the Q and A. You can have a look at that. Uh, he says it in Spanish for some reason, but there you go. Despite the fact he's Portuguese, which I found a bit strange, but <laughs> there you have it. But no, I uh, I was impressed by Abada. We spoke about that at length yesterday and various others, but yeah, I guess that's why Jota stays on the pitch because he did well to score the goal and jab the foot out and just prod it home, you know. Yeah, I actually ended up being a very good finish. Like, so yeah. the first time we seen it on the TV, I don't know how clear it was when you were uh, at the game, Tony, but when I first seen it uh, on the TV, I was like, very scrappy goal, but you just take it. But then you actually see the replay, the cameras went, you know, right inside the box. And it's a phenomenal finish, really, because yeah. he sort of whoops it at an angle through the goalkeeper's legs. Whether or not he meant to put it through the goalkeeper's legs, I don't know. But regardless, it was a, a very good finish and a very important goal, which does show you. Even when Jota's maybe not playing that well, he can still pop up with a big moment like that. It's the presence of mind, Aiden, to actually yeah. say he's, he's on the ground and the ball's there to be won and to actually, as I say, stab it towards the goal, knowing that a decent contact puts it in the net. But from the angle he was at, it was quite astonishing. In real time, when I watched it, I wasn't actually sure how it had gone in. A couple of guys beside me were thinking it was maybe an own, an own goal as well or something because it was just a kind of sea of legs. But yeah, I was uh, when I saw it back. Uh, one of the guys had the had the replay back, and I looked at it, and I thought he's he's done really well there. So, what do I know? I would have taken him off at halftime, didn't he? But the manager keeps him on, and I guess that's why he keeps him on because he can provide those moments, can't he? And, and that was the most important goal for Celtic. Once they got that one, I think the result wasn't really going to be in any doubt after that. You mentioned Dallas or Johnson. People try to take his goal off him. I'm saying it was a handball. Yada yada yada. It doesn't really matter, does it? It's been given, and that's it. But we move on to Wednesday, Aidan, and we'll we'll preview that in greater depth tomorrow. But Hearts, first of a double header against Hearts, Premiership game on Wednesday night, Celtic Park, and then the Scottish Cup quarter final at Tynecastle. That is going to be an absolute rip snorter, isn't it? A rip snorter. <laughs> yep. A rip snorter. It's going to be an absolute <laughs> beauty. I uh, yeah, I think it is. No, it's, it's going to be a big game, Tony. As is obviously this game on Wednesday. It's a really big week for Celtic. As we saw, every game is massive at this stage of the season, isn't it? But yeah. I think psychologically we can get another one on Wednesday. Obviously, it's one of those sort of kind of rare midweek occasions. Celtic and Rangers both playing on the same night uh, against the two Edinburgh clubs, actually, funny enough. So there's always a wee bit of an edge there. And then at the weekend... Uh, the, the Scottish Cup game, which, which is massive, isn't it? It's probably like one of the biggest, if not the biggest game left this season, really, the way it's going at the moment, obviously, because you don't know how far you're going to get in that competition. But yeah, it's a big week and I'm looking forward to it. Now, we don't want to give too much away because you and I will be putting in our predicted 11s for yes. the newsletter for today. But any spoiler alerts, Aidan, or are you keeping clear of that? Are you just keeping your powder dry on that one? But do you think Ange will use this one to rotate certain members of the squad and then revert to type on Sunday and play a, a strong, well, a strong team as possible. Maybe I'm thinking that the team that started the cup final, that kind of thing, but maybe use the Wednesday game. Or are you of the opinion that just play the strongest team? It's not the time to be rotating guys, especially with, I mean, I doesn't particularly like using the word momentum, but they've got something going just now, you know, they're playing really well. 
Uh, so obviously I don't want to give too many spoils away for my team because it will probably be something we're discussing tomorrow, like you say, but I, I don't think there'll be a lot of changes is what I would yeah. say. I think really as I know there's two games this week, obviously. Yeah. Uh, or well, technically three games in a week, I suppose, if you're taking it from the Sunday yeah. almost through the Saturday. But I think he's not going to want to tweak it too much really at this time in the season because with the exception of this week, it is mostly sort of thinning out the fixtures in terms of one game. So the players have usually get 20 recovery time. So I think there'll be the odd change without going into it too much. But I don't think we're going to see sort of a water rotation, maybe like three, four, five bodies that you are maybe mm. seeing sort of in the run-up to the winter break, eh, or the World Cup break, I should say. And then after that as well, I think it will be quite similar probably. Guys, get your questions coming in the comments section, Aidan, flick them up, eh, and we'll endeavour to answer them. Eh, have a wee Q&A session as well. Who would you like to see rotating league at Celtic Park as a must? We have a 10-point gap. The Cup is most important game by a mile, says Beach Boys. Well, that kind of entered into my head. That's that's what I was thinking. Um, and in terms of rotation, I mean, like, maybe a couple of players. I'm not talking wholesale changes you just touched upon there, Aiden. I don't, don't see four or five, but maybe a couple. I'm thinking Leila Bada maybe coming in for Maida, possibly Haxabanovic even coming in for Jota or something like that. And maybe the return of Anthony Ralston just to get him some game time. I'm thinking those off the top of my head, but I'm not necessarily saying they're spoilers because I, I still haven't, I've not got a clue I'm going to put my team, but I'll need to put my head to it at some point. But are these the things that uh, you would be thinking or the the contributors thinking or the commenters thinking? Throw your suggestions in there, guys, and let me know. But that was a kind of three, I, Tony Ralston, Derek Smith saying that. That's, that's a big one. And I know Alistair Johnson has been playing well, but He's been asked to do a lot, Aiden, recently, hasn't he? And played a yeah. lot of football. So, lot of football, yeah, yeah. So, and I know Ange likes to rotate people and just give them a rest and dip them in and out, but Steve J like to see Haxer rotated in, bring Maida on as a sub. Stephen J, without too much of a spoiler, I, I would like, uh, yeah. Um, I like Haxer which I just want to see more of him. No chance will he rotate. Sorry, who was that? Brian Robertson? Oh, you rotate just up. Fair enough. I think he was talking. I think he was talking about uh, Maida. I think he thinks he Maida. Was, I could be wrong there. I could be wrong, but okay, Brian, you want to let us know. But Tony Nelson, Aidan, did he come into your thoughts? I know he came into Sean's thoughts uh, for Sunday there. Yeah, to be honest, like he, he does. But my only thing is, Alistair Johnson's playing so well. I understand <laughs> there's plenty of football to be played, but he's in such a good run at the moment. Although yeah. you make a good point about the amount of minutes. I mean, since he made his debut, at Ibrox. He's played every game and every yeah. minute of those games, I believe, except for the semi-final against St. Johnston when Juranovic came in, which yeah. is probably just because Johnson had had a sort of month or so where he wasn't playing football and he was maybe just getting eased in. Yeah. Rather than, you know, he just came straight from playing in a season call. So he was at the World Cup and then he'd be a bit of a break. So I think it could happen. I, I, I just think Alistair Johnson's sort of one of the main <laughs> men at the moment, isn't he? So... Yeah. He's somebody the fans don't want to maybe really see taken out, but look, it could happen. I think more feasible is probably what you mentioned on the winners, Tony. Yeah. Uh, I think people would be, uh, either or really. I think I don't think fans would complain given the contribution that uh, Abada made at the weekend. So I, I think that could be an option. It's just it's hard to put that into. We try it sort of. Yeah. Every week or every every few days, in in the case of over the next seven days. So yeah, it's difficult, but we'll have to see what happens in that. But it, I think there probably will be the odd change, but just not sort of as much as we did see at one point. 
Now, Stuart Ross has written a piece on Abada, hasn't he? Uh, on the website today. Good old Stuart Ross. We, we like his pieces. And you can put that into the uh, section there, the contributor section there, Aidan, and let everybody have a read of that if, if yeah, they yeah, want well, to. Yeah. We're a man of a mind to. Men's strongest team to start, Tony, says Brian Roberts. Yep, fair enough. It's schools of thought, isn't it, Aidan, about rotation and stuff. But yeah, uh, Stuart's talking about Leela Bada coming to the boil again, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he's sort of identified why Abada is very much pushing for a starting place at the moment, which I think we would agree with, wouldn't we, Tony? I mean, when we obviously yeah. did the... Uh, oh, sorry, post that on there. Uh, when we obviously did our uh, strongest, as I would call it, XI, but 11, so it's actually <laughs> meant going on. Uh, I had Abada in my team, just, be- just because uh, I was more actually thinking ahead to the cup final when I, when I did that, mm-hmm. just because of his record against Rangers, but the more I thought about it, I thought he would have a bad, a bad in there, and I think sort of his performances uh, over the last few games have kind of reinforced that. To be honest, his numbers are great, Aiden, aren't they? Yeah, they're very, very good. And this for a twenty-one-year-old, you know. And I think this season as well, Tony, he's actually improved his overall game. I know Sean's mentioned it, but he's sort of dribbling. Uh, he's one-on-one, and his his position. I think that's also better than it was. Uh, like, see, even if it was 10 this season, maybe one less goal, one less assist, and they did that. I don't think any, and they did last year, sorry. I don't think anybody could dispute that he's, he's improved his game, which shows you, like, given how good his numbers were last year, it probably would have been easy for him to just hopefully just try and replicate that and maybe coast a wee bit. But he's definitely worked on his game now. I don't know if that's maybe some Harry Kuehl, for example, has helped him work on. I know Maida's talked about it. Uh, among other players, Hitati, talking about working with Gavin Strachan. I don't know if there's been some individual coaching there, or it's maybe like overall just general team play, but he's definitely improved his game, no doubt about that. I, I think he touched upon it last week, didn't he, Abada, saying that uh, Harry Kuehl and Gavin Strachan didn't work on it as well. I think Maida said the same thing, so you can actually see that kind of coming to fruition, that one-on-one coaching because he said that uh, he wasn't aware of Harry Peel's career and then he went and researched it and realised he played at some level. So it's good for... No bad level, Tony. No bad <laughs> it's good for Harry Peel to be around. But you can notice certain things like that. And I remember saying, and I said it last week as well, that that when I spoke to Davis Caleb Dunn, who used to play for Ross County, he told me that that's what Harry Peel would do and, and watch the wingers and watch the attacking players. He said they would get better. And I think the proof's in the pudding there because I've seen an improvement in them all. In their output, uh, all, all along that front line, and I think that's Harry Kuehl's influence there. If, if if anybody thinks he he's just a, on the coaching staff and not contributing a lot, I think you can see it there. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it is definitely Harry Kuehl's influence, Tony. To be honest, it, I know people might say it's a sort of easy thing to jump to, but you know that's not as speculating the fact that you've just listed a few players there that have came out and spoke, yeah. including Abada, which I had forgot about. So it was good you brought up. Uh, Aye, I, I reckon that he is having an impact. And that was his sort of position, wasn't it? Sort of out wide, maybe yes. inside. So that would make sense. But I just thought this was another interesting one to bring up about Awata, Tony. I know we've sort of discussed him before mm-hmm. as well. Uh, the comment I hear, they're saying he's still not showing a lot of initiative expecting, but I think he needs a full 90 to get his confidence. Do you agree with that sentiment? My my issue with that is when do you give him a full 90? Yeah. Because the players that are in front of him are playing really well, but what I did say was when he came on in the cup final, I thought he had a really good contribution because Celtic had lost away a wee bit and that was noticeable because Moy and Hatati had gone off and then Awata came on 
And yeah, I thought he, he's, he's made a stellar contribution, just kind of showed everything up and then helped Celtic get over the line because they came on strong in the last uh, 10, 15 minutes, well, certainly the last 5, 10 minutes uh, in that cup final. So I thought he, he had a cracking contribution there. But I'm, I'm always with the manager on this. Guys will get game time, won't they? They'll get minutes and it's up to them to kind of force the hand like Moy did in terms of... Uh, Austin O'Reilly out from the starting position. Yeah, so I think exactly. it's uh, a gradual build up with a water, and I think uh, it will be the same process. But there's nothing to suggest that uh, I, I don't think that he's shown the levels that, that's required. I, I've been quite impressed in the wee cameos that he's had. Does he need a full ninety? Probably, but I struggle to see where he gets that full ninety at this minute in time. And given the number of important games that are coming up for Celtic, I just think there's players above him in the pecking order and I still maintain that Iwata's been bought for the Champions League for the kind of two deep lying midfielders because Celtic's Achilles heel last year in the Champions League was conceding goals so I think he has been playing with a, with a mind for that, he was bought in mind for that I, I could be wrong in that but I think I'm I'm, uh, I'm erring towards that because I think that that's maybe what the manager has in store and plans for him, because he's been brought in for a reason, you know, and we maybe not have seen enough of him per se right now, but I think uh, I think we will gradually see his minutes increasing. Yeah, I, I think your sort of point about the Champions League could be an interesting one, and just to touch on that, is that you thinking that maybe that allows Ange to push McGregor further forward, or yeah. maybe play with two sitters, or what well, are you thinking? Possibly two sitters, and and maybe, you know, depending, I think two sitters, certainly when you're away from home, you know, I uh, don't know if you need two sitters at home, but again, they, they, they still conceded goals at home in the Champions League uh, campaign just passed. So I, I, I genuinely do think that that's, he's got his eye on that and that you want to improve. He always says he wants to improve. So how do you improve in the Champions League? Stop conceding goals, don't you? And so, start taking more chances. <laughs> yeah, correct. So we start doing domestically. So I, I don't think it. offensively, well, you know, the chances weren't being created. They did create a lot of chances and missed a lot of chances in Champions League. Fine, and they learned a harsh lesson. But I just think it was the number of goals they gave away and the chances that they conceded. It would be maybe want to work on first and foremost in the Champions League, and I think that's the plan long term for a water. But he's getting minutes now and you're getting to see gradually what he can do. So but again getting a full ninety, just where does that where does he fit in with that game plan now? Because you are permanent three from four, aren't you? It's McGregor, Hatati, Moy, or McGregor, Hatati, O'Reilly. That's that's your tried and tested midfield between from now until the end of the season, I think. And it's hard as well because it's probably like the most settled position in the team. Like that sort of yeah. number six position, if you want to call it that. McGregor's always going to play really, isn't he? Yeah. Like even in the sort of cup games, etc. He's still starting or coming off the bench. Not at the later stages, but the earlier rounds, he was, he was still usually involved at some... I mean, the one that sticks in my mind was the Real Betis game last season that was a pure dead rubber. And McGregor, in the last game of the Europa League, and McGregor still came off the bench, I believe. Yeah. So... He, he's always kind of involved, so a lot is maybe a wee bit unlucky to that extent. But you need a strong squad across the season, and I, I think the next campaign hopefully he's going to have a chance to sort of burst into life. Because 
agree with you, the sort of short cameras that he's had during the cup final as well. Even though he didn't have a lot to do, you could argue, because it was sort of getting to the stage that Rangers were kind of dipping out the game a bit. And Celtic had a sort of relatively comfortable and, and maybe didn't feel like the time watching it, but when you when you watch the whole yeah, game yeah. back, I kind of relatively comfortable comfortable last sort of eight to ten minutes, really. Uh, but he had some nice touches, some passes. I, I don't remember him personally giving the ball away or anything like that. So yeah, well, he's a player we all want to see more of, the J League player of the year. You know, you sign somebody with that sort of pedigree who's just been part of a really uh, successful season as well uh, in Japan, winning the league and that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll have a, a role to play in the future, Tony, even if it's not immediately. He's been signed for a reason. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just a, a, it's somebody that Ange knows as well. You know, yeah. he's signing for Yokohama as far as, yeah. as, far as I believe. So, yeah, he's, de- he's, he's definitely going to have an impact, no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Now, something out at Water, there's definitely a player there, says Steve Yeah, I, I don't doubt that for a minute. And again, uh, Brown Warrior, I believe we've seen a glimpse of the set of one come Iwata came on when he reverted to a double pivot. That's uh, kind of what we're talking about there, isn't it? You know, so I uh, I don't disagree with that, Brown Warrior, to be fair. Uh, I, you know, he got 15 minutes on Sunday, didn't he? Against St. Yeah. I think it was about 15 minutes, Tony, yeah. No, so, and and people say, oh, it's easy to come on when you're three or four minutes, three or four minutes, or whatever. Uh, that, that's fair enough, but you've still got to play, you know, you've still got to show the manager you've got something to offer. Yeah, it's and, just and, and and minutes either, Tony, sorry. No. And just made clear that players aren't just going to get minutes. Ah, yes. They need well, to keep up their fitness or whatever. He said that, he said that quite a few times. It's going to be if he thinks somebody can come on and make an impact during a game, so... Uh, sorry, I've taken that comment down there. Judge likes to see Kobayashi get some minutes as one of the five subs. Again, I'm go back to the stellar partnership that's there. Cameron Kapovickers and Carol Starfelt not lost a domestic game when they've played together and uh, very rarely give anything or much away. Even at this minute in time, I just don't see where Kobayashi gets minutes because those two are the tried and tested centre-backs between now and the end of the season unless one of them gets injured and again, like everybody else we, we want to see more of Kobayashi but these games are too important to rotate his central defence and I think Angie's gone on record as saying that's that's an area of the team he doesn't like rotating a lot Yeah, and it's also an area of team that in terms of you don't really see substitutes being made there really unless there's an injury I mean, yeah. this is there will have been times that there's centre-backs haven't been injured and then they've came off but actually the last time I can think of was against Rafe Rovers in the League Cup last year when uh, Carter Vickers came off and uh, he gave Christopher Julian just a sort of uh, uh, that ended up being his only competitive minutes under range but a sort of return kind of and that's the only thing I can remember Starfelt or Carter Vickers getting subbed for like, not the, when they weren't injured and I know both of them have had to go off in games with Knox before but I've, there probably has been another one in there and I've just forgotten about it but it's not really so what basically it's a long one where me saying if Kobayashi isn't starting a game and there's not an injury Tony it's it's unlikely in that match he's going to come on at the moment I would say yeah I agree with that completely and again I think everybody wants to see what he's got to offer but they would not they would not put him in at the expense of Carol Starfield or Cameron Carter-Vickers at this moment in time would they no, I don't think so. It's been such a successful partnership. You know, they're coming off winning yet another trophy together. And I think we can both agree they were pretty solid in that uh, League Cup final as well. 
Yep. Uh, I know Morello has done score, but I, I don't really think any one of them was to blame for that. Uh, so yeah, it, you just can't replace it. It's, it's one of those ones, like, if Ange makes a change and then you lose a game, or somebody puts in a dodgy performance, everybody will be going, oh, why did you change that? So it's a hard yeah. balance. He obviously does like Kobe Ash, and I think we discussed that the two games that he played, it was St. Martin at home and that uh, wasn't it and we sort of discussed how it was interesting having the sort of a uh, left footer at sort of left centre back he, he did look very comfortable in terms of receiving the ball <laughs> and taking it out so I, I think he's another one overall to play but yeah you can't break up that partnership at the moment Now something else that we spoke about off air before we came on Aiden was there's going to be a night at Celtic Park isn't there for Scott Brown The Hydro, the hydro is going oh, Sorry, yeah, The Hydro uh, for Scott Brown and Mikael Lustig, chance for them to say proper cheerio, certainly in Scott Brown's case, to the Celtic fans because he never really got the chance and uh, tickets are on sale for that just now. A night with Scott Brown and Mikael Lustig, Eden, does that float your boat? Are you happy with that? you got good memories of both of those guys? Yeah, really good memories, to be honest. That is right up my street, Tony, I'll be <laughs> honest uh, I've not, I've not bought a ticket yet, but it's, it's definitely something that. That's your, your um, era. Can I say that for once and be confident about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Pretty much, that sort of run. Uh, I know obviously Celtic won the quadruple treble, but it was a uh, worst stick. He obviously left before that sort of last season of that. So yeah, they won a uh, nine, nine. No, was it nine, eight or nine? I can't. I always forget what year worst stick joined, but it was at least seven or eight titles in there in a row. Uh, three trebles in a row, sort of played in the Champions League together, sort of, they've both been there and done it all the way as Celtic players. Um, Lustig obviously did kind of ideally, he got the perfect farewell, didn't he? Sort of yeah. providing the assist for Eduard in that 2019 Cup final, that sort of bizarre header that was like dead far out, somehow it went all the way through. I don't think he exactly meant it, but look, you'd be claiming it regardless. Uh, yeah, he had a sort of proper farewell, but for Brown it'll be, it'll be really nice because we don't want to go into it, but we know it probably didn't end, and he's admitted that himself. It didn't end as he wanted it to. So the fact the fans will get to see him properly, and it, sh- it should be a good night, no doubt about that. And your own personal memories of the two of them, there's, there's probably too many, isn't there? Yeah, we could do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> uh, in terms of Lustig, well, it's kind of all the stereotypical ones, but obviously his goal against Rangers at Ibrox, where he suddenly turned into like... Yeah. Second coming away in El Messi. I don't know how. I never seen never seen him dribble like his whole Celtic career. Really, that's the thing I used to be critical of him for. But that was a brilliant goal. Uh, obviously, you know the police hat when he put the police hat on his head in the five 0 yeah. game. Uh, the next season, I think it was after Forest scored. There were so many goals at that time. I can't remember. Uh, and Brown, <laughs> you take your pick with Brown. Really, I, I guess probably the stereotypical one once again is. He's goal against Rangers at Ibrox to sort of force a replay yeah. and the celebration that came with that. But yes, so many good memories. And I think for... And the one down at Kilmarnock as well. Yeah, yeah. of course, of course. Scott Brown won the league at Rugby Park. How could I forget yeah. about that? Uh, yeah, so many good memories sort of for people uh, of all ages, really. But uh, I think for my generation, maybe even a, a wee bit older than myself, sort of Scott Brown in particular is one of the iconic Celtic figures and... I, I don't want to turn it into too much of a Scott Brown thing because a lot's been said about him eh, they're much, much better than I can say it but I think the way he turned his career around when Brendan Rodgers came in Tony yeah. you know it's hard to maybe remember back now given the success he went on to have but 
that sort of semi-final against Rangers in, in 2016. A lot of people were saying that Scott Brown finished after that. Uh, and the way he was able to sort of develop his game and become a bit more defensive rather than that sort of box-to-box midfielder under Rodgers was phenomenal. And even, to be fair, that first season when he came back as well to get started with COVID, Scott Brown played really well then. So, yeah, it'll be a good opportunity to, as as it's been phrased by the club, say a proper goodbye to him. <laughs> I love the friendship that the two of them had. Yeah. The two of them seem to have really bonded, but they seem the two of them seem to have a, a really good laugh. And the pair of them were kind of forces of nature in that dressing room by the by the looks of it and sounds of it. So uh, and the two of them are really, really tight. So I I always see when you've got players like that kind of making you laugh off the park driving forces on it. I I think they are stellar examples of what the, the football club's all about and I refer you to the moniker that Scott Brown left with. He's kind of epitaph itself to you, if you want to say, was captain, leader, legend. I don't think compliments come much higher than that, which is why I've admired the way Callum McGregor has stepped into the captains uh, in the armband because he replaced a guy who was, you know, those three words, summed up his Celtic career, captain, leader, legend. And it's kind of that old phrase, it's like being handed the mic by Frank Sinatra as you got to sing karaoke type thing. But McGregor's embraced that and, and made that role his own and that's what I like about him. And he made a point of saying he wasn't Scott Brown. But my goodness, the, the, those were boots you probably wouldn't have wanted to to fill. But he's done it really well. But you look back at Scott Brown's career and you just think, wow. You know, and Lustig and the success that the pair of them had. So I think... Uh, for any generation of Celtic fans, I think it'd be a wonderful night because they'll have a story or six to tell, won't they? Yeah, I'd imagine, I'd imagine the stories yeah. will be quite good, as usual, aren't these things, Tony? But particularly that they're all quite recent, aren't they? I mean, yeah. I'd imagine there'll be plenty of stories from sort of the Invincible uh, yeah. season. I was going to even say the Invincible era there, but you know what I mean? Across those sort of free trebles, they all sort of bleed into one, don't they? There's yeah. so many of them. But uh, yeah, <laughs> there'll, there'll, be, there'll be plenty of good stories and i seen some people uh, just asking about the details. It's uh, Thursday the 25th of May and uh, tickets, I believe, are available uh, from the Hydro website, I think, if you go on there. And proceeds are going to the foundation uh, from the event as well. Tony, I did a news hit on it yesterday. So, uh, 25th of May, Aidan. A date synonymous with every Celtic supporter, eh? I wonder why indeed. they chose that one, eh? I was going to say, I, it may or may not be deliberate, Tony, but we'll just leave that to imagination. <laughs> indeed. Now, guys, we will preview the Celtic Hearts game tomorrow. Scottish Premiership, Celtic still nine points ahead, hoping to keep that that way, Aidan, or even extend it, possibly, because both sides are playing, uh, both Glasgow sides are taking on the other sides, a doubleheader, so yeah, we'll see what happens, but certainly Celtic are hoping to at least be nine points clear at the top by close of business tomorrow night, Uh, and as I say, we'll have a look at that game in depth tomorrow, We'll go away and try and predict a starting 11 Aidan, and put it into the newsletter for today. And if you receive the newsletter and you subscribe, you'll you'll get that in your inboxes at five o'clock normally, isn't it, Aidan? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, five it'll be it'll be five uh, PM. Obviously we'll sort we sort of preempt it based off what Anne says at his presser. Hoping that it doesn't destroy all the plans, but uh, yeah, all, all being well. All being well it'll be fine. All being well. Best laid plans and all that. But uh, Thanks for your contributions again today, guys. Really appreciate it. And as I urge you to every day, subscribe to the Celtic Way website 
and support top quality football journalism covering the club you love. And it'll cost you £2 for two months of unlimited access to everything that's written on the website. It's all for the click of a button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And we also say thank you to Seneca and Seneca. Now, the Celtic Way Morning Briefing is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group. And Seneca, the number one hair transplant company in Europe, and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, Aidan. First class contribution Cheers, today, Tony. as always. Have a terrific Tuesday. We'll see you for hopefully a wonderful Wednesday. Result dependent and all that, Aidan, isn't it? I always say that. But, oh, guys, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Cheers, guys.